Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich. What's new on my end? A screech owl. That's what's new on my end. Has made itself uh, a little home in an owl box in my backyard here. And uh, we're very excited to have it. Uh, tweet us at Industry Tactics if you have any uh, pet owl names or marinade recipes that you'd like to share with us. On the podcast today, we learned some very important tactics from the young Devin Cuddy. Uh, a nice interview conducted at the Cameron House where I first met Devin when we were doing that, that very memorable residency a few years back and uh it was nice to get into into his career and all that that's cooking on his end so a real pleasure to speak with him thanks Devin, for being on the podcast here it is now my chat with mr Devin cuddy So here we are. We're in the, ha- the we're in, we're in a very unhistoric room here in the uh, the upper studio of the Cameron House. We are. I've never been up here, Devin. Nev- they never let you come upstairs, eh? Welcome to to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I've been. This has been on my list too. This has been on your list to be on Industry Tactics. We're honored to have you. And by we, you and your team. Yeah, me and my team. <laughs> So when you're branding yourself, do you do that? Do you go behind the scenes and pretend it's a team, even though it's just really maybe sometimes? Yeah, of course. I always say we. It sounds more professional. Right? I think so. That's definitely a trick. You want to thank my team, my team, blah, blah, blah. We're getting into it. I feel this is going to be a good one. We've already started with the early tactics of (laughs) you are a team. Okay? So... Devin Cuddy, honored to have you on in all seriousness. Um, um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got addicted to music. I got addicted to music. Well, at at first I was forced to take lessons and and play piano. Yeah. Um, And I started to like it when I started listening to early jazz, like Louis Armstrong and New Orleans stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I started, I guess, taking it seriously or enjoying it at least. And I did, took lessons in that style for some years, and then I went to York to take to, to buy myself a jazz education. Mm-hmm. And then I abandoned jazz and became. Did a you finish at York? 
No, one class short, baby. Love it. Love that. Mm. I, there's something about not finishing a degree with a lot of the musicians I talk to. I mean, no, no offense against any of us that have. No, Who gives I, a shit? But that's kind of cool. Anyway, I, yeah, I, I admire that from afar. I, yeah. It was, there was not really a it's reason. It's not about finishing or not finishing. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was a non-music class that I've left, so I felt I was finished. Right on. Right on. Amen. So you went in for, you went, you went to York uh, for jazz. Yeah, jazz performance, piano. Love it. Yeah, who it was did, really Who fun. were some of the people you wor- would have worked with or met when you were there at that time? Uh, Frank Falco was playing, was still teaching there. He was Kay. a really great piano teacher. Mark Eisenman, I think he still teaches there. Yeah. I had him a lot for a lot of different classes, and I really liked him. Yeah. And uh, uh, then there were non, the non, uh, non-piano players. Mike Murley took the program over when I was in third year second year wow. and Kelly Jefferson was another one I liked other couple horn players was it a good was it a good, good experience for you like yeah did, you, did it yeah. change you big time yeah 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 I, I met a lot of, it was very cool because you're in like a an incubator sort of right with all these people that are passionate about music and that's what they're doing like with school so there's no not a lot of distractions you just kind of all the practice rooms and everybody's in and out yeah. and jamming and and uh, I uh, the musicians I still play with, I met there. So is that right? Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. yeah, my bass player and drummer both we met okay. at York. Wow, you gotta love that. And you went in, so you guys bonded quite a, like right away, or like Devin and Zach, or what? Uh, yeah. Well, they were in a band with my roommate, and so okay. we all would hang out and jam and make music and do other things that you do at college. Sure. And, sure. And uh, and then when we we all we all we lived together in different groupings and stuff over the years. Yeah. And then we decided that wasn't right, and we started a band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's that's awesome. And uh, and so after that, so you, uh, how would you describe yourself before going into York, and then uh, when you finish, how how were you a different person? Uh, I was green going in for sure about ability and playing. Yeah. And uh, I was probably more passionate coming out. And going in, I, I, I get yeah. asked a lot about that, and I think back, and I don't remember thinking like I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to be a performer. When mm-hmm. I went into the school, I was like, music's the thing that I like. I don't can't think of anything else to go to college for. My parents are saying I'm going to college, so yeah, yeah. I did that, and uh, it was great. And also, York was interesting because it was, uh, it wasn't so uh, linear in terms of its focus. Like it wasn't, you know kind of blue was not the center point of all the education there was mm-hmm. a lot of world musics that they taught there and right. therefore in the program there was a lot of different types of musicians so did you do any of that stuff the quasi dunio uh, shuffle no 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 i heard it i, I guess i did a couple th- things like uh, i never did the gospel choir but it was one i wanted karen to. burke yeah she, karen she's, burke she's a fucking weapon shout yeah, out to karen it. burke and the yeah, yeah. mass choir that's right yeah. that it's was a great stuff. one people really liked that but i never I can't. I can't see you. Uh, I can see you doing anything, but uh, I don't know. Choir? No, no. I don't think so. No. So. God stuff. No, no, no. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. That's right. The sinners' choir is who you uh, <laughs> yeah, sing that's with, right? right? Yeah. Uh, all right. So good. So you come out of York University. You're inspired to keep going, and, you, and then you said you mentioned jazz from from jazz path to singer songwriter. Yeah, country. Listening to country music in at York funny enough but uh-huh. like other singer songwriters and we'd all get together and play and it was mostly folk and country at that point and that's when I started kind of peeling off a bit from like traditional jazz I still did a lot of blues I still do I guess mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I never 
was going to become a bop player, I don't think, or a mm-hmm. free jazz guy. Um, so then I came out of school, traveled. So Wh- where'd you travel? Europe and Thailand, you know, pretty standard okay, okay. kind of 20. Okay. Okay. I guess in that time, I just music was just on hold. And then I got back wow. and I, I met Cosmo, who runs the Cameron House here. And then wow. it all went from there. He asked me if I wanted to play. I did some solo gigs. Met you guys, all sorts yeah. of other musicians. Really? Around yeah. that time was when you were like kind of home from, really? Yeah, probably. I mean, it would have wow, been man. a year you know? later. But I mean, you don't really, you don't really think of that. I don't, I don't really think that you were like. Oh, I, that was a pretty yeah. interesting time in your life then. I, yeah. I, I mean, I just, we just kind of encountered each other around then. But you were, so you were kind of fresh back from Guatemala. Yeah, right. And uh, and, or, and yeah. th- I don't know. I Cosmo was starting up this new scene here, and huh? Kind of asked me to play, and I, in a way, joined the scene. And yeah, and yeah. And everybody, you know, started hanging out all the time and playing music together and shout out to that. Cosmo uh, Ferrari shout out to Cosmo Ferrari for sure yeah yeah and is that when you met Cosmo like you, you guys yeah. don't go that far that much uh, further back than we had a after lot of mutual, university or? we had a lot of mutual friends but I, okay I didn't know him like we weren't friends and then so your no, prior no. connections to the Cameron house would have been like Cindy and, and, and the no and I didn't know any of them I just okay. came here and okay, you know, cool. it was just a wow. bar to hang out with. Yeah. I didn't even come here that much, but sometimes. Wow. wow. And and now your rec- now your email he's wearing the shirt, Cameron House shirt Records. On, yeah. And your email is at CameronHouseRecords.com. I mean you no, are more as a business thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The team. The team, that's right. Tactics. Just me now. Industry yeah. tactics. Come on. What's that? Just the team. It's you. No, Brian Boak still. Brian Boak. Manages. Yeah. yeah. Respect to you, sir. Mm. The DIY chip yeah. runs deep. Yeah, I don't know how much of it I do myself. Brian does a lot. Good guy. Tell me this. When you when did you put out your first record? The first record came out in 2014, and they had started a label here at the at the bar. Yes. And I was the second or maybe third release on it. Let's and play a track now. What do you want to play from from your first record? First record, I would like to play Dancing. It's the first track. Fucking My grandmother's favorite, so. That's easy. Well, we're not going to argue with with Grandmother Cuddy. Here it is now. Dancing from the record. Volume one. There it is. When we were young, oh, we were so in love.
We did it at the Woodshed, which is Blue Rodeo Studio, and we did it really, we had all the songs prepped, really live off the floor, and just mm-hmm. hammered it out in about three days. Um, right on. Pretty simple, kind of, just the four of us, and yeah. uh, we added some organ and backup vocals, and that was it. Wow. Um, Devin Cuddy, Devin Cuddy, son of Jim Cuddy. Should we talk about it? Sure. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Okay. Um... Cause I want to know, man. Like your upbringing must have been really interesting. You're you're one of th- how many kids? There's three of us. I, have a I sister, know you. I know Emma and my youngest brother, who uh, is just starting into music now. Holy He's rehearsing geez. in the basement right now. Was that your Was that your brother there? Yeah, yeah. With uh, with with who was the uh, the Ferraro? There's a Ferraro there was in Tally there. and Tally Johnny. Was down there. John, the was it Johnny or or Tally down there that I just Both. Sort of seen? Okay, I don't know which one. And they're jamming seen. with your brother. Yeah, they're playing in his band. Now. Come on. Next and what's his name? Sam Pauly. He has my mom's last name. Oh, very cool. He's switching yeah. things up. Yeah, yeah. Switching things up. My mom said it was her turn. Up. It was her turn. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know. It freaks people out. It's hilarious. That's great. They get it. They can't figure out what situation would have him have my mom's name. Oh, my. Because they go, well, yeah. is, it, is it Jim's son from a different wife? It's like, no, that doesn't make sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pretty great. That is amazing. People can't wrap their heads around that. No. It is kind of tough to understand, though. You, you have to sympathize with people. No, I know. I Modern mean, times, though, I guess. so let me get this straight. If I understand it, industry tactics. You have a brother with a different last name. That's right. He has my mother's last name. Jeez. Same. Same parents as me. That was what my grandmother said when. That's well, super cool. When they gave her the name, she said, "How will he even know?" Who his brother is? What like, is his they'll clan? They'll be raised <laughs> together. Wow. wow! So your younger brother and your sister, very, very wonderful. I've had the honor of meeting her in in Berlin and here. Oh yeah. Very community minded. Very, yes. very. What is she up to? What is she doing? She's working for an office share space now in Toronto. She's cool. brought an import uh, boyfriend from England. Yes. Who's all yes legal and on the level now, and so they're. Here for now, she's always been a traveling yeah. type moving yeah. around. So. Yeah, well, shout out to uh, shout out to, to, Emma. To, to, to Emma, and and so okay, so I want to talk before we r- really get into some other questions on that end of like just what that was like for you. I'm sure you never get that question. What um, I want to know, like your clans. So it sounds to me like the the scene that you kind of formed and those that you would have, you know flocked with over at york right like devin and zach and others who you would have met were you re- there around the time of nate mills or are they after no. or they're before you rather nate yeah, was yeah, before okay. me yeah um um what else was going on at york at that time and what did you not jive with like there must have been a lot going on that's just, that that you would have just said like yeah that's not my musical family Oh, the free jazz thing i never really got into like who uh, like who like the casey soaker well casey was on Sabbatical. Sabbatical. Yeah. And I had heard a lot about the class, but yeah. it never piqued my interest. It does now. 
But oh, at the time, interesting. it was not. I was very traditional okay. jazz kind of fan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess there was that, but otherwise, you know, you try to keep an open mind. There was it's a huge school, right? There's a lot going sure. on at the school, but the program was small and uh contained even in the physical space of the corner of the music building. So Yeah. I uh, you know, I mean we were way we lived in the ghetto and that might have been something I didn't yeah. jive with so much. Okay. Wow. 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 It's cheap. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, and, and so you come here, you do your thing, you put out your first record. What were some of the ups and downs from that first record? Because putting out a release, definitely you have your expectations going in. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It did okay. I didn't, uh, I guess your first one, you don't really know what's going to happen. Although yeah. Everybody, every record you make, you have dreams of it soaring to the top. But yeah. But, you know, I didn't have anything to compare it to, so everything was cool. And then we actually, we opened for Blue Rodeo for uh, two and a half months, and that was really big, big push for the record. Like right after that record came out? It was about six months after. Yeah, okay. I think I put Good. it out in the spring, cool. and then we did the fall, wow. the tour in the winter. Wow. And then as a result, we got a Juno nom for that record. When uh, he says nom, industry nom tactics. Nomination. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that was big. That was a big deal. Wow. We were very excited. Right, right. We had a good time. And right. you went down to the Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg, yes. and all the Cameron House records people came, and we were... Charming. The bell of the ball. And we lost to our friends, though, in the Strumbellas, who were also kind of Cameron yeah. House people on a bit more of a, a rise at the time. Yeah. And so that was really cool as well. It was a great time. Wow, man. Wow. Um, uh, tell me this. What was that like, the... Uh, because that's what I wanted to touch on is this idea of like, like you didn't level up there. Like you put your first record out and then you're opening for Blue Rodeo and like th those were big shows, right? Like yeah, those, yeah. Are, those were like stadi sometimes stadiums, right? They were mostly the arenas. Yeah. yeah and very big arenas. They wow. were big. And I remember, I mean, we had been playing for a long time, so we weren't, I mean, we were green at that level, but we weren't new yeah. to performance. Um, but I remember being really the first show was in Vancouver at the Orpheum, which is just a yeah. massive, beautiful theater. And we had been driving for three days, and and uh, it was very. I remember being really nervous, thinking like, "Oh my God, I'm in way over my head." Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The band calmed yeah. me down, and and then once it starts rolling and you get a feel for it, then it's. Um, I wouldn't say easier, but you know what to expect, and it's uh, it gets a little more fun. Yeah. And then you loosen up, and as a result, everything gets better, sounds better, you're playing better. And so that was good. I mean, that from the start of that tour to the end, we, as a band, jumped a lot of levels quickly, like in terms of ability, performance ability, energy, stage energy. I can only imagine. Even just yeah. how the industry works, kind of understanding. And, and, and how do you... like? Had you been on a tour with your father in that context before? Like, no, no. The only tours we'd done up to then were our own on, in the little van, little bars. So, for those gentle listeners in in Paraguay who listen, Devin's father is is Jim Cuddy from the band Blue Rodeo, a, a big deal in our here country. And um, and does your perspective change when you see your father in that con? Like. What does that do to your relationship? What does that do to y the way you look at your father after that tour? Yeah, no. Or during that tour, from no, what you that recall? No, it was big. It was totally yeah? a different understanding of what he did for a living, what they all did, because I've known most of them all for my whole life. They're, that's your family yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. And so 
that was it was a big change like it was it was a whole new understanding of of what they had accomplished uh, over the years in the country yeah yeah and what it, how much of that that they'd done and what it takes to to do live that life and tour all the time and yeah and, and yeah you know all the industry tactics that they'd figured out you know one of the things I see in you because I've had a, a a few encounters with your father over the years right and and I've always said like wow I've never come across a pro like that you know yeah he really it. has he embodies that he you really know does. Um, and you do too like you've got that like you 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 definitely are your father's son in that regard right yeah I think that was kind of that is the big lessons that I learned from him I mean there'd be musical ones of course but yeah after that tour, it was a uh, new respect for that ability and uh, some of it kind of inspiring and washing off on me, I think. I oh. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And it's like when I look at, at that aspect of you, I also think, okay, because I ain't you, right? So it's like well, I, I, I've seen you in many contexts, many interviews, like people asking you, and they all go like – that's the thing, right? Like, you must get that so much. How do you not just go? Because you, you, what I'm also going to say about you is you're your own guy musically. Like, you're in a very different world in a lot of ways. Or you're, you're a variation on that, right? Like, mm -hmm. you're not, like, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, yeah. here's a young Jim. Jim, Jim no, no, exactly. Like, it's, you're doing your own thing. But you never lose your you never lose your shit. Like that's part of that being professional is that you never wow. just go, Oh, for fuck's sakes, I'm a, you know what I mean? Like I get I get more upset than I know. you do. Other like, people do, I know that. <laughs> uh, that was one of those things that when I yeah. started and had accepted this as a path that it was like you just have to be able to handle that. Otherwise you can't I couldn't do this job. I'd be angry all the time, first of all. And sure. it wouldn't be fun. And I don't right. have any no, know, it's not an issue no, for you, right? It's not, yeah, me, no. yeah. And I've gotten used to it, and and it doesn't, uh, that's it cool. doesn't bother me. But if it did, it would be very hard to do what I do. So and I'm Devin, glad it doesn't. This is me too, and because this is your normal, right? And it's not normal for most, right? Like most most people putting out their first record are, yeah, yeah, are not going into the w crazy wormhole that you guys went down, right? No. Which is awesome, right? Oh, and that you know. There's a lot more good than bad with that shadow. I mean, <laughs> totally. All of these doors are yes, open. Yes, yes. Like, Whoa, yeah, this is yeah. pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. And so tell I me. So you know, take the good and the uh, little amen, bad. Amen to that. Amen. I that. mean, what what bad? I, I just think it is all great, you yeah. know, and you're celebrating that. And so, but being your own guy and being your own voice and being your own artist, where do you want to, like, then you put out your second record. Yeah, and what happened? Like what? That one didn't what was do that as well, I guess. I mean, w it was a longer. the The first record we kind of toured the hell out of, and yeah, I wouldn't say burned it out, but we went everywhere we could go in Canada. And yeah, got it into as many hands as we could. Yeah, and the second record it was a little harder and it took longer, but I think we did in the end. It just it took a few years. We did a little touring, well, a lot, not a lot of touring, but s scattered touring over two years uh, for that record. And uh, it probably didn't catch as much as the first one, but it, uh, it was okay. I mean, we still, like for me, it's all about touring, right? Because yeah. we don't play commercially viable yeah. music, so you gotta kind of tour. And both of those records have allowed me to tour all across the country. And and, and Europe too, right? We played a show in Europe, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, that was, yeah, that was on the heels of that second record. So, you know, again, it goes, you have all these big expectations when you're here listening back in the studio. And then it's a lot easier now that I've done it a couple of times yeah. to be a little more realistic. Well, it's, 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 it's the art of having that experience and, and now your brain being able to look back on it. And I think yeah. it, it, it is a beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. Getting older is much better than people say. I, I hear you. Um, why don't we play a track from, uh, from Kitchen Knife? What do you want to play? Well, the one that I really liked, it's a little mellow, but Lie to Me. Um, it's the last track. Nice, yeah. And uh, it was one that I was most proud of. I'm not sure it came across the way that we wanted it to, but I really I really liked the way we recorded it and, and the tune. Where did so. you guys record that record? That was at Greg's, Greg Keeler's Oh, wow. Uh, the house. Country Mouse. Yeah. The Country and Mouse he produced himself. It. And so that was a completely different experience, but in a good way. He really massaged us in the right directions, and that was where I learned that I don't like uh, I don't like recording until four in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like a 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. guy. Oh Jesus! Clock <sighs> in and out. Wow. Yeah. I well, just you feel like lose focus after. So yeah, man, that's so interesting. But you're your father's son, right? Yeah, I guess. Does, he do, was, do you, does like your father too. drive that way too? He can do the nights, but he do he won't. He doesn't like to be there. I don't think too long. No, he does mostly days. Yeah. Let's picture Devin Cuddy at four in the morning up at Greg Keeler's studio, as we listen to "Lie to Me." I know that I've been gone so long. I know we drift apart Do you remember when our love was strong Way back in the start But you don't call me on the telephone No, you don't treat me right But I'm tired and I'm all alone just lie to me tonight I know it's hard, Lord, it's hard as hell I know the times have changed How we fight alone and how we yell It all seems so deranged But you don't call me on the telephone No, you don't treat me right But I'm tired and I'm all alone just lie to me tonight Now it's midnight and I'm almost home Drunk I can hardly see 
Our apartment light is on Just lie and say that you love me Oh, but you don't call me on the telephone No, you don't treat me right But I'm tired and I'm all alone Just lie to me guys now at 4 a.m. son of Jim trying to drive with Greg because they've got such an interesting back and forth those two yeah it's, it's a such a beautiful dichotomy between the two of those guys. yeah it's amazing they're so different and yet so similar and have gotten along for all the years so and he's your weird uncle yeah he's n he's not as weird as he puts on yeah but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely. I mean, my they've been friends since high school, and so we've obviously <laughs> known Greg. I think he was our first babysitter. I think he only got one shot at that, though. God, I was gonna say, God help us all. Yeah, and if uh, he got so the call back, yeah, yeah. So wow, he's man. been yeah, big part of our lives forever. Wow. Yeah. So, what was uh, what are some of the other tactics you can share with our gentle listeners, like? What have you learned through, like, that? let's talk about this, the art of aging, right? Because now you've been at it, like, since about 20, six years, about yeah. six years, and and you've got a new release coming out? Is that, what's, what's going We've on right now? We've just put an EP out yes. to support a tour that we're on right now, a family tour with my dad and my brother. Yeah. And my dad's yes. solo act, so that's what we've been doing now. Okay. I've been pushed, carrying that thing around the country for the last m month and a bit. The first, the one track I heard was amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was our single, it's called Radio. Yes. And uh, so that, and then looking ahead to a full length out in the fall. Okay. I'm doing my own tour then, so. Holy shit. It's a year, hopefully. And and, and what's, the, what's the biggest thing you want to share with our listeners, the uh, young tacticians well, of the what you've learned, good I or bad? Like, I think both is really important, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I think. Like, what do you love the most about what you do? Ah, uh, tra the travel. No, yeah. Maybe not the actual travel part, but the the traveling, like being uh, in different parts of the country. And I remember the first tour we did, It was uh, we did a lot of dates. Uh -huh. And it was me and my band and uh, uh -huh. Whitney Rose, who uh -huh. we collaborated a lot back uh -huh. in the day. And we didn't know anyone anywhere. And so we it was a lot of time in that group. Uh -huh. And now I have friends in all these cities, and our band Very cool, goes right? off in different directions. I think yeah. that's it's a good thing when you're traveling, especially in small quarters with people. It's yeah. good to be able to take uh, just a break. I mean, some people have friends in the cities that they go visit; others right. just do time alone. Yeah, and uh, are happy doing that. And that is, you know, there's like a, a kind of a, a health 
thing in your mind. I wouldn't you say mental health thing, but uh, it's it's like you need a it break a sometimes. It is a mental. It health is. Thing, it is. Yeah. And you need a break sometimes from each yeah. other, and so. Yeah. And it also makes it more enjoyable. Like you go to Calgary and you get to see these people uh, you're friends with, and you, yeah. and you get to keep up with these people because you keep going back. Yeah. And so. Yeah. That was a big thing that helped me a lot with enjoying the road and looking forward to to even getting through the you know 15 hour drive days or whatever. Right. And uh, do you do a lot of that driving? Me? You're, no, you I motherfucker! I knew that about you. You don't have a license. You do not have a license. Devin Cuddy does not have a license. Industry tactics. That's a that's a, I've, a trick I've, I've played on my band for years. Though. Yes, and I have heard that that there's a few art, other artists I really admire that 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 do the same. Like like and so you just good good work good work. Yeah, I mean I it, it you know they don't like it. My bandmates. It's fun. It's fun when I when I when I heard that. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, fifteen hour drives being tough. Well, I meant it's more tough to be <laughs> in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay, okay, but I but have to manage them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> let's let's talk about that. What have you learned also as being a band leader? Have you been like, how has that been over the years for you? Like, well, you have to uh, you have to have realistic expectations of what you the other band guys are going to do. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be the leader, then you there's no kind of a uh, you know, people aren't going to do certain things, yeah. and you have to not get mad about that. And also, I think you just have to—you have to be patient, and you have to be able to let things go, and you have to be able to leave, let people alone sometimes. You know, if they need to be left alone. You have know, you managing personalities? It's just like any other thing. Sure, of course. It's no, it's, it's had, all people, right? I've been like, lucky. I haven't had yeah. uh, very many or any difficult personalities to deal with. But yeah. um, you know, anybody can become agitated or sure. irritable on the road sure. no matter you know who you are sure and so giving people space and managing personalities is a big thing uh, you know I, people say the term managing personalities yeah, what yeah, does that yeah. mean i'm like i, I don't know it's just it's a, it's a term to put manage. on something right right to, to we all manage our own fucking yeah, personalities yeah. to be on anyway it's, a term, yeah. it's hard to define yeah right you, right you right, recognize right. what it is when right. you're doing it <laughs> You ever have to lean on your father to the, for advice on any of this stuff? Yeah, yeah, on road survival. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I lean on him, but yeah. I have observed things, or he's given me tips along the way yeah. um, that have helped. I mean, right now, the tour we're on right now, we're all on one tour bus, and so Fun. that's a whole level of etiquette that I don't know because I've never been on a, on a tour bus for this long, and so. What do you mean by etiquette? There's little things. You Clean don't up fucking. Yourself. Don't leave you don't stuff <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, just do tell, things. do tell. Well, they're just like, it's just like cleaning up after yourself. It's just like, because you're in a small space. So little things that you do and you might not notice can drive people up the fucking wall. Okay, give one. Did you learn the hard way? No, I didn't because I am. Um, you don't leave the fucking, you don't I'm leave not, that out. You don't no, leave the. I'm not really, I don't. You don't leave don't the mayonnaise leave jar. Or, but no, not really. And uh, you're, cl- you know, you're, pre- you're, you're pretty clean, eh? You're pretty clean. Stay clean I can on the be road? contained. Okay. Like I have a very small bag, and my yeah. I would never have my stuff spread out everywhere. My brother is like a little more OCD, like like everything's packed and perfectly neat, so he's not getting anybody's way. Either. I met that dude downstairs. I didn't know it was your brother. Motherfucker felt clean. I just went, he's hey, a clean dude, yeah, clean, di- clean, clean dude. And so that's good. I don't know, leaving garbage, leaving your bag sure. in the wrong place. Sure, you know? sure. And it's full. Usually they don't travel with all twelve people on the bus. 
So that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, you seem very. Things. You seem very. Um, I've, I guess I've known you for six years, or more. Well, and whenever you, you, you just started playing yeah. here, you seem very about. consistent to me. Like you, you've, and I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know if that's like, uh, guarded, or just like you are. Like we don't know each other that well, but you've always been very consistent like you're i in other words like i'd never come across you one day and you're just fucking wow a different guy like you've always been no. pretty have you always been like this i think so yeah no, <laughs> like I think this so. yeah like this this and yeah and i think so i mean i was that's good you can work around that child yeah yeah i had you know as a teenager like anybody else i think i have a pretty uh steadfast despot uh, I lost dip, dip, dip position. position. Yeah. Deposition. Yeah. Yeah. Disposition. Yeah. I don't know why I went to. I'm not the smartest guy, evidently, but. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we're not, we're not we're paying attention. Who cares? Cares. Yeah. It's not required. Well, how does sport um, in, infect the addiction? The addiction to what? Music. Music. Well, you know what? It's interesting. I uh, follow you on Twitter and it's like, come on, boys. I know. I, I literally, I'm at the Blue Jays game and I'm making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm, I'm not making fun. I'm honoring no, no, I know you. What you I'm, mean, I'm yelling no. out, "Come on, boys!" I, no, I'm literally quoting your fucking tweets because you're <laughs> so into all the all the sports. It's awesome. I have uh, been a sports fan for a long time. I baseball particularly. Yeah. Um, and you know, they say you're supposed to create a personality for yourself on social media or whatever. Fuck I know those you're guys. pretty yes, good at yeah, that. Yeah. Thanks. But. Uh, you know, that's all I got. <laughs> At Industry Tactics. Follow us on Twitter. Okay? At Industry Tactics. Well, you know what an interesting thing, too, is about from playing hockey and now running Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey, that's what I want you to talk yeah, about. Is running like, a little hockey pickup game mm-hmm. is that you find all, like, we are all musicians at this game. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it's like bass player from this band, drummer yeah, from this yeah, band. Yeah. I don't know what one of them does something in another band. Yeah. I don't know what it is. So, you know, you... It's a very cool way to meet people in different genres that you wouldn't come across in your musical circles. And now this weekend we're going cool. to the Junos, and yeah. my dad has put on this thing called the Juno Cup, where musicians face off your against four NHLers. Okay, wow, yeah. wow. And so that has been a very cool thing. I've done it for a bunch of years now, where you meet again all these people like hard rockers, new country guys, and you're all have this shared experience of playing hockey and everybody's a fan so they're admiring all the pros and so you get to meet all these people that you would never ever come across it's such a that i think that's the true beauty of all this right is like is that clashing of personalities that probably would never have like scott thompson if you listen back to the trombone player scott thompson in his episode of industry tactics i think really touched on that is that that's one of the beauties of why we we make music is is all that right yeah. is, is that you probably don't come across any of those folks no disrespect to accounting yeah, yeah. but some of those other other fields that you might work in you don't come across these beautiful personalities right no, like, your world is so big as an artist and a traveling artist like you yeah. meet so many different people and so many different types of people it's a good it's a, it's another thing that i really like about it. it's better than you know being around the same group of people at an office for 25 years in my opinion Tell me this, Devin, I've been saying tell me this a lot. May you please <laughs> share with us what the biggest struggle for you has been 
or or or, or the shittiest gig or some type oh. of uh what what is some that of your learning because we learn a lot of stuff from the negative too right like well that was another thing i remember the not just my dad but most yeah. professionals teaches like it doesn't matter who's well actually i remember you were a big thing about this too yeah. uh you got to put on the same level of show in every space you know like yeah it's a small room yeah you can't take your foot off the gas and that is a very very difficult thing to do i think because yeah because one of the th one of the things you get uh in terms of energy on the stage is back from your audience right and when you're not getting it it's hard to get up to yeah. that level for me other people just you know they yeah. go into that character and or whatever yeah, yeah. and they're there and uh, it doesn't yeah. matter what's yeah. going on yeah and that's a tough one and i've had a hard time doing that at some bad gigs we've played for sure over the years. So it it affects your game somewhat. It, it like does. It's, it's, it gets in your head. It gets it does, in your head yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Less so now, but at the yeah. big start, it did a lot. Yeah. And and then you realize that you're doing a bad job, and you have to. <laughs> yeah. Pony up. Yeah, it is a good game, eh? Like that that, and I I still struggle with that. I really do. Is that idea of like, because part of me just thinks it's the it is a back and forth energy. So yeah. I think we're kind of fooling ourselves in a lot of ways if we're saying like, oh, you know what, there's only, there's only 12 people here. I'm going to play these 12. And I've, I've always said that because there's always only 12 people. So I've accepted <laughs> my audience, right? But right, I'm going to play to these 12 and play it like it's the last gig of your life. But like, Well, then those people will have a better time. It, totally. And, and it, it, it is that back and forth, right? I yeah. mean, so I guess what I'm getting at is like blame your audience if a, if a show goes bad. Yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Gonna take I think I can handle that. <laughs> There's always somebody you can blame. I look back at the drums. It's always drummers. Always. Fucking drummers. They don't know what they're doing. What they can't it? read notes. Can't they read just notes. put X's Rap instead. Boom, bang. It's just noises, really. Thank you. Hey, um, shout out to Zach Sutton, <laughs> in industry, Zach tac Sutton. industry yeah. tactician himself. So <laughs> what? What your relationship with Brian Boak, he's been there kind of helping build you up he was since a high the school beginning, friend right? Of mine. Yeah. And then he introduced me to Cosmo and them here. And then... They knew each other prior? Or, yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Again, through oh. mutual friends. I wow. Think. Great. Great. And then he started... He got into the music game yeah. through hockey. He would play with the Sadies guys. There you go. And she started working with the Sadies. Then he started the Cameron House Records thing with the guys here. And he started working with me. Wow. Still working with me to this day, yeah. Wow. That's special. Yeah, it's great. It's right? nice to have a friend on your team. We. At the team has just grown. The team has grown. Yeah, I was playing it up. I have a team. Brian Boak, we love you. Brian Boak, on my team. Brian Boak. Brian Boak. <laughs> let's, let's, let's end our talk with a tune. What tune should we cue up? My new single, Radio, I think that'd be the good one. Beautiful. That's and good. check out the video. It's a very, very cool video shot. Yeah. Is it shot downstairs? It shot downstairs. Yeah. 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 Love it. it. That's so beautiful. One-stop shop, man. Do you want to, before we, we go to, to radio, just talk about what a special place this, this Cameron House has become for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's been a home, yeah. literally, and yes. also... You live here still? Yeah. Okay. And figuratively, because it's a place <coughs> to... Well, I work, I've worked behind the bar, uh, still yes. do, mostly. <coughs> I've met a lot of great artists, and I have uh, played a lot of great shows here, and, and it's very much home in every way and so it's i also think it's a special space because 
there's great music here every night and yeah. it's very welcoming to all types of people and it is an art bar on Queen Street which is a very ever-changing part of the city and yeah. hopefully it will be here for many generations. Yeah. Venues in the city um, as they change and continue to kind of yeah. discover who they are you know it's 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 really important to you know what I mean for, yeah. for places like this to continue thriving and yeah. it's a rock for a lot of uh, right. local musicians and a place to play that's good in downtown and it's a rock well. for a lot of roots musicians mm. sorry I tried to be, I tried to be that funny was there. Good, I guess yeah, yeah. the roots yeah. and the rocks yeah yeah I'm into it all right, Devin Cuddy. Well, thank you so much for opening up. Thank you very much for having me, Mr. Rich. What I feel like we learned a lot about you that we didn't know before. Good. What would one thing you want to share with us that we didn't that we, that I don't know about you be though before we leave you with this new single, Radio? Tell us something about that that we absolutely would not have been able to ask. Do the work for me, Devin. Yeah, I, I can't really call it out of you. Uh, What's a real? If you're you're in an icebreaker, you're in a you know an icebreaking session. Oh, I was you on an icebreaker. Yeah, see, September, I took an icebreaker all the way around Alaska. Jesus, that was sweet. Canada C three it was called. What's your favorite bird? My favorite bird is probably uh, blue jay. What's the last meal you want to eat? Uh, probably some type of Italian. Yeah, oh, pasta. smart man. Yeah, yeah, good. I've been uh, lucky enough to spend a lot of time there. So, good, good. And uh, who's your favorite author? Favorite author? That's a good one. Uh, uh, hmm. Were you raised Christian? No. No. Who's your not. so not the Bible? Who's your favorite uh, artist of all time, music wise? Who? Randy Newman. Yes. Yeah. Easy, easy answer there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But piano player, singer, songwriter, humorist. He's got it all, man. Children's entertainer now, I guess. Good. Yeah, I like that one. Good. 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 Is that, is that good? Who are? In the in the country, who are some of your favorite Canadian uh, artists, or in the city of Toronto, who who do you really enjoy? Uh, these days, I saw a Bahamas yeah. show the other day, and yeah. it really, it really brought up, you know, brought the bar up. It was very, uh, very, very inspiring, and and just it was so great oh. all around. Great oh. show, funny, great songs, great sound. Yeah. And then I still very much enjoy the Corn Raymond here at the Cameron. He's kind of the godfather of this place, and and he does Thursday matinees here still. And he's got a very loyal, almost cult-like following. Really great songs. Right very on. genuine personality. So right on. Here's a little taste for you. Thanks for sharing. No worries. We'll leave the favorite author for uh, episode. Yeah, I told you, I'm not two. smart. I'm an artist. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. When I was young, my eyes shone bright I couldn't wait to get beneath those lights So I sat still, waited for so long The lure of fame, my heart would burn so strong Now and I don't want to be on the radio no, I don't want to be on the radio no more No, and I don't want to be 
on the radio No, I don't wanna be on the radio no more So I took my heart And all it left I took this piano how it sang right back And I went out Out into the world Sang for the money but mostly sang for the girls Now and I don't wanna be on the radio No, I don't wanna be on the radio no more No, and I don't wanna be on the radio Radio from Devin Cuddy's new EP, Amy's Dream. Devin, thanks again for being a part of this podcast. Industry Tactics, go please go to our Twitter, at Industry Tactics, and make some noise. Let us know what you're thinking, what some of your favorite interviews have been, and uh, yeah, we'll see you again next time on Industry Tactics. I'm going to go uh, stare at that owl. Goodbye.